0: Well, glory, we are jumping in this morning. What a day the Lord has made. What a glorious day it is to be alive in the kingdom of God. We are so rejoicing of the victory that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is a day that he reigns victorious. You know why? Because he reigned victorious yesterday. He reigns victorious today. and He's going to reign victorious tomorrow. He never changes. He never wavers. He flexes his biceps, shows his power and might. And he is a good, good, good father. Amen? Well, it's Tuesday, so that means that we have the legendary um, demon-slaying, pastor-preaching... Fried chicken devouring man of God in the house, Pastor Josh Milburn. How's that uh, intro?
1: It's pretty good, brother.
0: You wait. Right on the spot, man. You wait till you preach again here one day. <laughs> I, I,
1: I wore my shirt, that shirt uh, last night I had it on. I was thinking about you the whole time.
0: <laughs> Did you go last night then? No, I oh. was
1: just there at the house or whatever. That oh. one shirt that I have that's helped about Pastor Hardcore, or whatever. So yep. I thought about you a lot. Well... Long <laughs> but no we didn't go last night now brother bill and some of them from the church i think went down there tomorrow. i wanted to go yeah.
0: so bad and uh, i even texted to see what time they were leaving but i just couldn't swing it yeah um uh. I we i think at this point we need to, like a live-in nanny or something like that <laughs> uh
1: hey if anybody does i guarantee you do brother
0: uh but it's it was i've i got to watch a little bit on online and i know the presence of god was moving strong over there in the west kentucky revival last night and Um, love what god's doing there it is so good to see the presence of god being poured out on a generation and the heart of god manifested over a people and um the body of christ is arising in the earth amen what
1: i mean it's so exciting to see uh you know different areas like we say oftentimes and uh even hear lately about how uh You know, even when we was together in service here about how uh, people in the church here was talking about, hey, listen, every service we've been having has been right like this. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, it was just, uh, we had several out this week at our church. Yeah. But I mean, we still had a powerful time. We had some people step up Sunday morning and say they believe we need to pray for this or pray for that. Mm -hmm. We gathered them all around up front. We prayed for several of them, and it's just uh, pretty powerful, you know, so... uh, even in the midst of people being out sometimes they're still a hungry people yeah you know we had going. a lot
0: we had a lot missing sunday too I th- yeah i think a lot of people's not feeling well yeah um and then this time of the year is a lot of traveling and and stuff like that too and, right um you know we are we're going to be out of town for a few days next week yeah. excited for that now
1: is a shutdown next week
0: it's or a fall break fall for break ministry yeah, fall break and yeah. um there will be no broadcast next week Yep. we'll have Which me and Jason was talking about. We get a lot of feedback from these sermons that we play when we're not here. Yeah. And we don't know how to take that. Like, (laughs) me and Jason were talking about that yesterday morning. How do we take that? Like, um, I mean, is it like they would rather have the sermons than us live? (laughs) Um, And so. (laughs) No
1: comment right
0: there, right? Yeah. (laughs) But I do think that next week we will probably air, um, we're probably actually going to air a lot of the Harvest Crusades. Sounds nights, awesome. uh, yep. and then we're gonna air some of these spiritual warfare and deliverance trainings that we've been doing on Wednesday nights. I'm it gonna great. I'm gonna work on those and get those prepped um, for airing because you gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta work that in the time frame. But yeah, but you know, we're we're probably gonna be playing a lot of those that n- next weekend because I know a lot of people's asked about them, and a lot of people still don't know really the whole podcast ordeal, and and so um, it'll be an opportunity for people to get it in. Get to listen the the Harvest Crusade sermons were powerful, and um, the teachings on Wednesday nights they're um, they're challenging all of us. Yeah. and right. because a lot of times when you get into a topic like spiritual warfare, deliverance, or something, you work from the outside in. Uh-huh. Like you start to hear people talk, and so you say, "Well, this is what they're saying." Let's go. We're kind of working from the inside out. So, what does Scripture say? And then let's work out from there. Yeah, because the one we have used very few quotes. Like we have a use of some, but I would say in six, five, six weeks of doing this now, we may have said like four quotes from people. Right. So we can't say we never do, but we're yeah. just using scripture. And, I see what she's saying. Um, yeah.
1: And I know I've uh, been able to listen a little bit on Wednesday nights as well, there at the house and uh, there on my app, and uh, it's been uh, what I've heard you guys talk yep. about
0: and discuss, been pretty powerful. By so God's grace. I by God's it. grace, we're i didn't plan to teach tomorrow night because i usually stop i don't teach on sheriff weeks on wednesday nights right um but i've reversed that and i think this wednesday night i am and i was going to finish up the armor of god but i've reversed that too because we're going to go right into witchcraft and just how big it is yeah and what is involved in that and um There's so much in there about with necromancing. There's so much in there with spells and charms. Um, People don't think that stuff's in the Bible, but it very well is. Like in Revelation, when Babylon falls, it says so does her magic and charms and spells. Right. Depending on what translation you read. Some of it says sorcery and stuff like that. But basically what it's interpreting to is when Babylon falls at the end of the day, so will her spells and her magic. Wow, And, um, of course, there's the big word, pharmakeia, Pharma- that yep. we get witchcraft from. Yep. Um, and so we're going to unpack that word and say exactly what that is. Um, we're going to talk about what is a modern-day spell, what what it does, because it's not... You know, there is some... There We think and we only allude to spells being about, like, Harry Potter and Snow White. But really what spells are are a lot different. Right. And um, there is curses and stuff like that. But... We're going to talk about this. We're going to unpack it. And for me, I'll be honest with you. If I'm, I'm praying I can get it done. Um, but um, this, this may be the most personally impactful teaching I've done yet on Wednesday nights. Yeah. And I don't say wow. that to be arrogant. Like right. I'm, I'm saying, it's like for me, it's probably challenging me more than the rest of them. Yeah. Because I'm seeing just how much that kind of stuff is around us, and it's not. It's not the Snow White making an apple and getting somebody to sleep for seven years that's what we associate witchcraft and magic with but there's a lot different things and a lot of the things we're doing is probably much more witchcraft related than we'd ever imagine. and uh and so we're we're going to tackle this tomorrow night and so if you're interested in that then you can come out 6 30 or tune in at 6 30 um we've only been doing one or two songs and then we teach for about an hour and 15 hour and 20 minutes on yeah. wednesday nights now and um it's we just want the word like that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get into the word and we're trying to figure out what the word says in these things, because um, unfortunately, one of the things we see a lot is our kids are the ones most tormented um, and not just saying our personal kid talking about the nation and a lot of people who are actively involved in deliverance or actively involved in spiritual warfare or seeing the oppressed set free. And again, that's not always come out in Jesus name. Sometimes it's a let go in Jesus name. Um, you know, there's a lot of things involved in deliverance. No deliverance is cookie cutter, so it's not like each one's the same. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways that deliverance comes, but there's also a lot of things we need to renounce and cut and sever a relationship with and stop walking in. And a lot of times that's geared towards our children. And right. And when you get into pharmaca and you get into some of this kind of stuff, you start. We're going to start to unpack tomorrow exactly what that is, and why that the enemy's assault on our kids are, is not just sexual impurity. There's a lot more than that. yeah. And so it's going to be, um, we'll definitely get people's ear tomorrow if they're listening. Yeah. Some of the stuff it's going to be said, but I'm all, I'm going to come straight from scripture with everything. And, um, and I think it's going to be a, um, my prayer is that it's an, a significant teaching that starts to help us advance forward. Because a lot of people want to advance forward, but how do we advance forward? That's the problem with a lot of things is we have the knowledge we need to advance forward. And we have the knowledge of what's wrong, but wisdom gives us the application how to execute that knowledge and bring it into manifestation. And so that's what we're working at now is getting this thing walking, not just theory, but walking. Right. So Hannah, how are you?
2: (laughs) Good. (laughs) Um, I was actually listening to a um, testimony similar that included a lot of these things that you were talking about um, last night and an hour and so i'm excited to see what what you found in scripture and how it comes alongside well good because
0: you'll have to do the shareathon tomorrow so i can finish <laughs> that <in>. uh, <laughs> that's right kicking it off yeah uh, tomorrow's the day tomorrow is the day um we'll start 7 a.m tomorrow and go to our 5 5 p.m it's gonna be good um, i'm so excited um you know we are we're here for we're here for the help of the radio station cuz we depend on the listener funds but i'm so excited for what go, what god's going to do in the next 3 days we got a lot of um we have several young adults coming in the next few days going to share this, their testimony and talk about some stuff on the air with us um we got the demon slaying homecoming legendary fried chicken devouring <laughs> man of god coming um i'm excited for that guy <laughs> and <laughs> No, we got a great we got yeah. a great, great three days coming up here on the Sherathon. And um it's the fall charathon gathering the harvest. And so we're really excited for those three days. <clears throat> um Hannah, what else we got going on?
2: Um, let's see here. We have the um two fundraisers that are coming up. Well, three technically, including the chili cook off that will be coming up. Um, September 30th, there's two different fundraisers going on again, um, on Saturday at 8 a.m. One is in Glasgow, Kentucky, and that's the Shepherd's House Church. Um, they are raising money for their Africa missions program and all their proceeds from the bake sale will go to their, um, Christmas fund for their Africa missions. Um, and they are purchasing clothes and shoes and food for the orphans and the widows in those villages. Um, so if you take place in any Operation Christmas Child, um, any mission program things for Christmas and you would like to sow into this again, um, that's what they are raising this money for. And that's Saturday, September 30th, 8 a.m. in Glasgow, Kentucky at the um, Houchin Shopping Center, Southgate Shopping Center. Um, and then on that same morning in Elizabethtown, there's a fundraiser going on again for the... Clarity Solutions in Elizabethtown, um, at Staples and that's at nine thirty AM Eastern time. And that's the Christian Motorcycle Association putting on the diaper run um fundraiser for the Clarity Solutions and they are accepting donations for diapers, wipes, um, and cash. And so those are both that same morning, two different um fundraisers for great cause. Um so make sure to get out to one of those if you um, don't have anything to do that that day um and then of course the chili cook-off is october twenty eighth. um what a great time to i know we talk about the share being like a family reunion i i would say that the chili cook-off is too because there's That's a lot right. of people that come out yeah um that you don't always get to see but good food good chili good desserts i've heard some Talk of some people making some very yummy desserts for this one, so <laughs> let's hope they do that. Um, but no, it's a just a good time with everybody, and that's October twenty eighth. Um, that will start at five. The food will start at five. Yep. The, the fun will continue. after Yeah, that. that's right.
1: <laughs> you gonna get your pumpkin roll this week, or do you know yet? Have you heard confirmation?
2: I, I I'm pretty sure I heard confirmation about the pumpkin roll at Donna's Sweet Sixteen. All right. So, because she mentioned it again. So, I'm expecting it. I am expecting it.
1: (laughs) Every time I see a pumpkin roll now at Walmart, I think of sister Hannah a little bit. (laughs) I know. And then you
2: look at them and they're that that cream filled or the buttercream. It's like, no, we need that cheesecake, (laughs) the cream cheese. Yeah. But see, if it was cream cheese, then they would have it. If it was the cheesecake filling, then they would have it in the fridge because it would need to stay cold.
0: Yep what food do you see that you think of me josh huh what food do you see that you think of me i think of
1: cheesecake <laughs> i love it <laughs> cheesecake is the dessert bacon is the uh, main main dish right there, i right.
0: feel like i feel like i have um, done something right if people associate me with bacon and cheesecake <laughs> do you all like red velvet huh? cake hey
1: honestly any cake? I mean, I can eat it, I can, <laughs> any cake, but red velvet, you know, if you gave me a list of uh, kind, I would probably pick red velvet last. Now, my dad, my he dad, he loves red velvet. Um, so if it's his birthday or anything okay, like that, Miss Greta is bringing those.
2: So,
0: so. well, no, I think okay. we have we have Ms. some Greta. anointing oil on that front desk in there. If anybody wants to pray for Josh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Do sorry, like man. It? You like it, Aaron? Yeah. Oh yeah, well yeah, I know he likes it. So. <laughs> I think that's what
2: Miss Greta's bringing. Yeah. I think she said that. There's
0: very few desserts I don't like, oh, unless it's healthy, like <laughs> <laughs> carrot cake. Yeah, or pumpkin <laughs> <and> <laughs> roll. I'm not oh, into pumpkin too much.
1: Uh, he don't like carrot healthy. cake either. Yeah, you don't um, like carrot cake though. Hence the
0: name. It's it's healthy. I know,
1: but you still don't
0: like carrot cake. No. Now,
1: I, it, my mom's carrot cake, you would have to love it. I'm telling you.
0: So. Well, I would try it for Miss Betty. All right. But I don't have to like it. So. I
1: hear you. <laughs> no, when uh, on our birthdays or whatever, of course she always fixes us meal, but that's every year that's what Rachel asked her to fix for her cake. His carrot, carrot cake. cake. Yep, and Dad picks real velvet. <laughs> and so anyway, so I go from the be- not the I mean the red velvet's awesome. I'm not saying that, but it just would be out of everything that my mom fixes, I would say, well, Dad you'd, likes you'd red velvet. I'd want something else. Yeah, so,
2: I get it. Anyway, I get
1: it. if I could have any cake.
2: Can we join this tradition as Betty make it?
1: You're going to have to sign the petition out there and say, hey, Betty, we've. uh, Can she adopt us? If you could
0: have any cake, what would it be? That's the hard part. I don't know. Do you know, I mean, it's really hard. It's not a cake, but it is dessert. It's really hard to beat Miss Jody's brownie with cheesecake in it. Yep. Is that Miss Jody makes that one right? I believe so. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) I ate it here one time, it was it and was, then one of those nights after we was feeding the team, I uh, got a piece. Yeah. And yes, it's really hard to beat that. <laughs> it really is. Because you oh get man. the best of both worlds, brownies and cheesecake. Yep. Together. Yeah. I know you used to talk about
1: brownies a little bit. I know growing up, Maddie would always like my mom's brownies. And so I remember as a little kid, she probably wasn't even 10 years old. <laughs> and she always told mom, she said, listen, when I get married. I want your brownies for one of the desserts at our, uh, at my wedding. And so of course, this past summer she got married, and uh, Mom was like, "Okay, so I got to make yeah, you got to make brownies." She said, "Well, I'm gonna put this, I'm gonna put this," in the, and, and Madge's like, "No, I want your regular brownies.
0: I don't want <laughs> nothing else but your regular brownies. That's what I want." Aww. So yeah, anyway, so now I will say I'm not a fan of chocolate chip cookies. I know, I just don't like them for some reason. But Miss Katie, she makes a really good chocolate chip cookie. I don't yeah. know why I like her chocolate chip cookies, but I do. Huh. And she makes a brownie too. So, but I don't know the the cho- the the brownie cheesecake is.
2: Have you tried Renee's brownies? No. She puts like that Hershey um, chocolate, like the her, the in fudge, the, the fudge. Yeah. You yeah. Know? She bakes that into it and makes like a drizzle. So when it comes out, it's like, has that on Man. top of it. It's very yeah. good.
0: But then Heather didn't wow. make a cheesecake the other night. <laughs> Heather didn't make a cheesecake the other night. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, good. it was pretty solid too. So, <laughs> um, and then one time for my birthday at Hilltop, the uh, the church I was pastoring at before I came here, um, a lady made, and at first I was like, um, I'll try it. Yeah. But it, it's called brownie bacon brownies okay and it was brownies with bacon on top and at first i was a little reluctant really but then you ate it and i wasn't so reluctant i guarantee it <laughs> uh,
1: you was probably going around saying hey y'all don't want to eat them because then you know i'll
0: i'll uh i'll well, take the rest of them later that's you know? what i was doing with cheesecake the other night i said ethan you really don't have to eat it let me eat your piece for you <laughs> Oh, man. And then he sure. smacked my hand. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. That <laughs> didn't <Doesn't> surprise me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sure. No. But good. I was like, just let me let me, let me, me take one for the team. Let me just take one for the team. You know, like whenever you're in baseball and they say, hey, just step into a pitch because we need a runner. Well, I, I wanted to take one for the team and eat his cheesecake just so he didn't make Heather feel bad about it, you know, yeah. if he didn't like it or not. So right. I was going to take one for the team and eat his two. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, if
2: anyone's wondering what you can bring to Sherathon, bacon brownies, <laughs> cheesecake.
1: We just gave them a long list of options, didn't we?
0: <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it just so everybody knows, this food's for Roger. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> no, we don't just sit here and eat the whole day, we have a lot of people coming in and out. And so the reason we have food here a lot is to make sure all of our guests and all of the people here yeah. are fed and taken Taking care, care of. of. And Now, do we get to reap from that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do we help devour that? Most definitely. Do we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts?
2: The bottom of our bellies. <laughs> nope. That is not experienced. Come on now. The bottom of our bellies is not experienced for those three days. <laughs> <students. laughs>
0: That's Roger's good. philosophy during Sherathon is you eat until you can't and then eat a little bit more. and then there at that go. point now you're having sherathon. So um, so after the sherathon, when we give glory to God, and God shows up in big ways, we have to repent for gluttony. And um, so we're re- really just making sure that Sunday morning is a powerful morning mm-hmm. of repentance, uh, the clarion call to make our hearts right, to make our bellies right. And, um, you know, we just, you know, we want to be right. We want to be less, less of us and more of Jesus, but we also want less of us and more cheesecake. So whenever Jesus and cheesecake are together, it's the best of both. <laughs> you got it. Hey, I'm just I, saying.
1: I can't go get
0: you right now. I'm telling you, cheesecake's probably gonna be in heaven. <laughs> um, I feel like that through the cross, bacon has been redeemed, mm-hmm. and I feel like that bacon's probably gonna be in heaven too. Uh, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> all things are good. So um, all things have, all things. Uh, what? How's that scripture goes? All things are permissible, or all things are good. Now that if we pray for it and bless it, kind of deal. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I'm just saying. I'll yep. even take turkey bacon in heaven turkey. I don't think that was outlawed. I lo- I don't <laughs> mind turkey bacon at all. It's all right. it's all right. I was gonna say now to first Hebrews. Um yeah. now just the Hebrews. Yeah, that's right. Um let's see. Miss Lisa said everybody will be wanting to come help you all out with those treats to eat. Well, I mean, <laughs> we love visitors, so That's right. Um Jason does it quite often during those three days. Uh I'm telling people think I'm cracking well, jokes.
2: You gotta get him on.
0: That people, does people, he come on this yeah, he does, uh, he does an hour each day usually, because um, of the school, he can't give us much more than that. But, um, people think I'm joking when I say it's the only time of the year that Jason comes and checks the mail. But, I mean, somehow those three days, he always has a package he's waiting on or a piece of mail he's waiting on or, oh, I just want to come over and see you all doing okay. You know, it's like. He's well, just coming
1: checking on you, brother.
0: So, the other 362 days of the year, you don't care about us. But those three days, somehow <laughs> your heart opens up and you're just, you're just concerned about us. Oh, man. Uh, I don't see that happening. And then he got me in trouble Sunday because he we were there on Sunday morning. He said that LaVon and um, Joe Taylor is going to start a Sunday school class, how to deliver your own child at home. Cause both of those men have delivered their own children at home now. And so I said, well, I'll give it a shot thinking about like if me and my wife ever had another baby, I, th- yeah. I was talking about that. And Jason said, "Well, last week it was the sheets over people's head. Now our pastors often deliver people to babies. Um, so we got a problem here." And I said, "I didn't mean other people's babies. I meant the possibility of me and Heather had another baby. I'll deliver yeah. it at home." And so now he's trying to advertise me to deliver babies. Oh man! I said, Jason. He said he was laughing. I said, "Not funny." I uh, bet he was anyway. He was. He thought it was funny. Yeah. I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> no. <laughs> no <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> I said, no, me and my wife. All right. But my wife's not pregnant, just everybody knows. All right. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, this is the ESV. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention. Well, what closer attention? He just come out of this whole thing of Jesus is greater than the angels. Talking about he he talked about angels and he he didn't downgrade angels. He just making sure that we knew Jesus was superior to them. Yeah. He says therefore now we must pay attention or closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away for it, from it. For since the message declared by angels is proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution. What's the King James say there, Josh? For the all of it or just verse two?
1: Just verse. Uh, verse one and two it says therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip for if the word spoken by angels with steadfast in every transgression and disobedience received
0: a just recompense of reward yeah so so I believe the author of Hebrews here is telling us like hey the things we're hearing yeah let's give a lot of heed to it right and he said um, he said closer attention to what we've heard. The King James again says what? Uh, take heed, let them slip. No, right before that. Uh, uh, give earnest heed yeah. to the things which we have heard. Yeah, so he's really talking about, you know, the things we're hearing here. The yeah. Word. The Word. And right. And give closer attention to the things the Word has been teaching us in the Scripture. Because even at this point... When they were writing scripture, they were considering it scripture because Paul even called um, Peter—I'm sorry, Peter called Paul's writing scripture. So they were under the impression, and they were already being revealed to this is going to be sacred, right? There's something different about what they're writing, and they were instructing doctrine. And then there also seems to be angels sitting there doing some things too, because again. I think it's Colossians talks about angels not worshiping them, but it also says if any angel preaches another gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ, let him be a curse. So it almost looks like angels are down there revealing things and instructing too. And some people want to say, well, that means a messenger. I don't ever really see where in the New Testament where it's really making angel out to be a messenger or a preacher. Because yeah. usually they're specifying angel yeah, angel or preacher or yeah. something like that. like. Because if they were going to use angel as a superseding type word to to generalize preaching and teaching, then why, in like Romans, did he say, how can they hear unless they have an angel? Like yeah. they said, how can they hear unless they preach? Preach, I have a preacher. And yep. so it's, and then, you know, Paul's talking about him being an apostle, and they're talking about the fivefold giftings. They're talking about all this. And so I believe that angels were actually very, really involved in the New Testament church. Right. Well, for one, they were breaking people out of prison. Yeah, that's right, and um, and so I just think over and over they're probably a lot more present than we ever imagine. And um, you talk
1: about I mean we know we were talking about the New Testament, you
0: but you even mean today as well, or not as much today. I think angels are still active. I mean, oh, I don't yes. think they do anything. I just don't think we're aware of them. Okay, and yeah, and I th- and honestly, I think um, our spiritual sense has been dulled. Um, in the church today, there you go. And That's I think good. we're very much not aware of the spiritual things going around us because we're so distracted by the natural. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, I think if we could ever clear out the distractions and the hindrances and the, the the harassing of the enemy and the fiery darts, and if we would pay more attention to God than we do the enemy, we'd probably have our eyes opened a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of times in the church, especially when you're under attack, all you think about the enemy. And you forget right. to think about the one you're serving. Right. And um, and so I would say the angels are a lot more involved in our life than we'd ever imagine. It's just somehow our spiritual sins have been dulled. I hear you. Yeah. That's just my, that's my, I, agree. I don't have necessarily scripture. Right. But again, if we back up to verse 14 of chapter one, it says his angels are ministering spirits and they minister to those who are heirs of salvation. Well, who's yeah. that? Us angels are actually here to minister to us. Okay.
1: Then I also when you talk about ministering and talk about how apostle Paul and some of these the writers they were more or less preaching and I do believe that there is a difference in someone preaching and teaching than someone just ministering. Yeah. You know, it I think you can preach and teach and be a and minister because I believe it's all in the same but also, I believe there's people within even our church sometimes that thinks they're not worthy to preach and not worthy to teach at Sunday school, or, mm-hmm. but they still minister in a way where they pray for people, where they call and check on people. I mean, just don't. And I tell people there at church, I said, "Don't belittle what actually the Lord wants you to do." Yeah, I said He wants you to minister to people wherever you're at. If you feel as if you need to pray for somebody, do that. And I believe as we was talking about the writers here. Preaching and teaching to the people. And I believe as the, uh, you know, the angels were begin to minister or begin to do the work that was being preached or taught out. Mm-hmm. See, so if we preach and teach the word of God, we must depend upon not only the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit working in us to do something, but also who's going to do it. Mm-hmm. We must do it. Yeah. Who's going to minister? We
0: must minister.
1: So it takes its all
0: yeah well i think a lot of that's the church's fault yes and i'm and i'm again when i say it's church's fault it. i'm just saying that because we have to correct it right um, as a whole but yeah. but we've made the only people who are men and women of god the ones that are preaching behind pulpits come on but the bible speaks of spiritual gifts in a lot different fashions because i mean it goes as far as administration and hospitality so the one that's showing right. hospita- the um, host uh, um being host hospitable there we go i was struggling so like when we had the crusade there was a group of about three or four that was over there working while a lot of people were working the altars because we were preparing food for the team yep and getting them fed yep there's no distinctive difference between what they're doing in ministry and what we're doing in ministry over there it's all ministry Yes, sir. And that's what we have to start to understand is just because I stand behind a pulpit doesn't make me any better than the one who stands behind the toilet. That's right. And we're all doing the kingdom work, and we all have a place in the kingdom work. And if we ever get to the point to where there's a hierarchy because of who what we do, then we are completely confused about the gospel. Because the gospel is not about what we do. The gospel is about who Jesus is. Yeah. And, and that's where we have to walk in humility, but we've turned this thing upside down. And it takes 18 people to walk an apostle into a room because somebody's got to carry their socks. Somebody's got to carry their towel. Another one's got to carry their water. Another one's carrying their Bible. And we call it honor. But really what it does is is idolatry. And we've got to get over that to where we stop worshiping people and we start worshiping God. Because whenever they started to worship Peter in the New Testament, when he started to heal people, he rebuked them. He said, what are you doing? It ain't me doing this. This is God. He's just basically using me. I didn't heal you. God healed you but today if people start to worship us we go okay cool like you want to wash my car for me great go do it and i know I, and at first i was joking about this stuff but the more i get into it the more it irks me because i yeah. feel like i feel like what we've done is we've we've took what's supposed to be the fivefold gifting to edify the church so we like you just said could all become ministers and do the work of the ministry yeah now we've gotten into idolatry to where we worship people who have a gift right and we follow them wow. and and if you don't believe me go to <clears throat> churches with somebody who has a gift to preach and orate and articulate and what happens is you walk into that sanctuary and everybody looks like everybody and and if you walk into a sanctuary where everybody looks like the leader physically at that point you don't necessarily have an on-fire church you have a cult of personality and i just Call it like I see it.
1: (laughs) No, that's it. But I mean, if you walk
0: walk into a sanctuary and everybody has the same beard as a leader, there's a problem. Because at that point, the leader's a teacher and they're trying to replicate themselves. Right. And that's what Paul rebuked. He said, we have a lot of teachers, but we don't have any fathers. And so what I want to walk into a sanctuary and see is complete diversity. I want to see people of every color. I want to see people of every nation. I want to see people of gender differences. I want to see... I don't need, if we walk into this sanctuary, I don't need Joe to look like me. I don't need Mr. Tim to look like me. I don't need to look like Mr. Stoy. We're not to look like each other. We're to look like him. That's right. And when we start to learn that, everything is facilitating us looking like him. And the Holy Spirit's job is to conform us into the image of the Son, not each other. Come on. And so I just hit this thing hard because we've got got some correction to do in the body of Christ. And if we're ever going to do it. Then we got to get on the ball now because time is short. Jesus is coming back, and I'm not going to get caught without oil in my lamp because I was trying to be like somebody else and not be like him. There you go. Um, and so, but I'm just calling it out because it really does. And I could be wrong. Maybe God needs to correct my heart and I'll have to humble myself and repent to everybody on the radio. But it really does irk me when I see some a, a preacher come into the room. Yeah. And there's like eight people following behind him. One's got his satchel. One's got his Bible. One's got his towel. One's got his water. One's got this, and it, it, it's just oh, it kills me. Yeah, because we serve him harder than we ever serve him. Right. Mm. And right. and I I don't think I really call it ministry. Yeah. And yeah. and well w- we I I hear a lot of times with and I know we gotta go to break and read this question, but. You know, I was listening to one thing and um, about spiritual authority and stuff like that and raising up the next generation, and they were talking about Elisha and Elijah and how, well, you got to start somewhere. So we're going to see basically how serious they are with, will they wash my car or they do this. And Elisha and Elijah had nothing to do with washing cars and serving each other. Elisha and Elijah had everything to do with Elisha staying around and being there and learning and growing, but in the gift of the prophetic. Elisha never served Elijah so he could wash his car. Elisha served Elijah so he can get his anointing. And But what we've done is we really don't know how to father. So instead, we try to control and dictate. And that's where the religious system takes root. And so that's where people burn out because now they're manipulated. Now they're serving man and not God. Now when they thought they were going to come in here and get prepared to do ministry... They're washing the pastor's car, and um, now if I'm washing my car and somebody wants to come do it, help me. That's fine. (laughs) But if you're here and you're, I'm just gonna be honest. I'm I'm just talking real straight this morning. And people make you can like me or hate me. I mean, at the end of the day, I just I I want to I want to I want to fix these things that we see in the church because we talk about the problems, we never take solution to fix them. If if somebody comes in here and says, I want to sit under your ministry to learn, and they sit under me. And what I do is just tell them to go do things physically and never equip them spiritually. I'm missing the whole point. I have a servant, not a son. And because, and and so at that point it's, that's where, that's where people have completely honed out of the whole fathering and son relationship. Because we made this thing physical and not spiritual. Come on now. And we think, and and so we just got to, we got some correction to do. Um, one listener said thank you for saying we are all on the same level as far as ministry, whatever God has called us to do. Um not many us to do, not too many pastors will say that. Um it well, I mean, I just feel like it's a truth. I don't Yeah, I mean I, I don't me too. I don't think I'm any better than the person who cleans the toilets. Me either. Um and 'cause I'll, you know what? I'll get up there on Sunday morning and clean the toilet with you. Yeah. Like it don't bother me a bit. And what they're I just see I see anything we do for the glory of God as service and ministry, and it's all important. Because as somebody who runs sound while I preach, um, I understand the importance of running sound. So I don't go to a sanctuary and think, well, that sound guy, he's just back there in the booth. That sound guy's worshiping the Lord with his gifts and his talents so that we can worship God with with our own heart without any inhibitors. And what he's doing, a sound guy's job is just as important as the pastor's job. Because if the pastor's job is to preach that sermon that morning, but you yeah. can't hear him because the sound guy didn't do his, it's it's all falls apart. Everything we do is for the glory of God, in word or deed. And I tell you what, a sound guy oftentimes
1: gets more heads turned than the preacher. <laughs> I mean, well, they just do because if it's not standing right. I mean, I know at our little church sometimes if it don't sound right or whatever. And of course, in our church, it's hard, kind of hard to get anyway. We got a, uh, we got a.
0: Um, you're yeah. the best sound person in the world back yeah. there oh i do have the best sound person in the world I I <laughs> and right i either. know your sound person's listening this morning and i got two i got two empty
1: chairs in there that's right but our uh just saying our amp and all that stuff it's 25 years old and we got one channel we had to move and we just do what we do with what we got you know what i'm saying but i do know that if uh something's wrong with sound you get a lot of heads turning yeah <laughs> so
0: <clears throat> all right well i gotta i gotta do this question yeah it's my fault i'm overtime. No, after Elijah heard the still small voice, who did the Lord have him anoint as king of Israel? After Elijah heard the still small voice, who did the Lord have him anoint as king of Israel? 270 257 2689. We will be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Well, glory. Well, glory. We're back. We are back this beautiful morning, September twenty sixth, yep, two thousand twenty three. That means tomorrow, September twenty seventh, two thousand twenty three, and job. that means it's the first day of the sherathon. That's right. And so we're so excited about that, and um, <clears throat> we're we're geared up, ready to roll. My belly is prepared. My heart is prepared. My voice is not prepared, but we're gonna go for it in Jesus' name. You do sound a lot better this morning, brother. I've,
1: I'm, I'm getting there. Sound a lot I'm
0: getting there. I mean, you know, I know. Yeah, more like yeah, myself. More like
1: um, so, I know I, at the end of last week it was uh, getting kind of tougher for you for a minute, than even yesterday morning it seemed like it was uh, not as strong as it is this morning. So, yeah. <clears throat> anyway. But no, oh. we're always excited for the share-a-thon, I do know that, so I mean, I always love hearing it. I mean, if there's any time where I always make sure that my app is on, no matter when I'm working, it's during the marathon. So I mean, I like to uh, hear all of them.
2: So, so take notes, listeners.
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we got all so. our kinks that should be worked out on the app, all the the things that needed to be looked at and figured out. So
0: I'm ho- I'm hoping it is. Yeah. have you heard any feedback if people still getting kicked I off or not?
1: why is it some people have been having trouble with it
2: because we have so many people listening really and it's a great problem <laughs> it's a great problem but it's a little problem
1: yeah. huh? it's a problem. we huh? were
0: maxing out our listener volume wow. so we had to raise it and what we we had the privilege to raise it wow and um and so but we're somebody who listens to the app who was struggling with the kickoff if you could tell us if you're still getting kicked off, that'd be awesome. Huh. Um, So,
1: okay. Then I got a crazy question for you then because I really don't know the ins and outs of it. Sure. So, let's say you maxed it out Mm -hmm. and everybody else is listening to it that's already on it. But if somebody else tries to get on it, it'll kick somebody else out. It'll kick somebody else out.
2: Everybody else else is fine. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's just.
0: Yeah. So, well, and then that, once that person gets back in there, it'll kick somebody it's, it's else. It's like out. a reciprocal. Side so it of, ain't like
1: the same person every time; it's probably could be a different person like each popcorn. time. Yeah. It's like popcorn. It's like popcorn and kick one out. Man, then. I'm learning, boy, y'all me a lot But if you stay tuned in, though, morning. if you keep
2: yeah. yourself tuned in, That's just right. like with the Lord, if we keep ourselves tuned <laughs> in, we're not going to get kicked out. Right? That's right. I'm trying so. to relate this spiritually.
0: <laughs> we think it's fixed now. We hope so. That's our heart. Um. All right, Josh. Okay.
2: Someone said that they have not been kicked off this morning, and they usually come and go. So they have been one that in the Hallelujah. past got kicked off, but not this morning.
0: Hallelujah! All right. Um. And so hopefully, I think that fixed the issue there. It was an excellent, awesome, great issue to have. Um. And so we're happy that we have that fixed. Amen. Yep. Um. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Well. I have a question, Josh. You got a question to ask, Hannah? You I got do.
1: questions this morning too. I do. You ready for my question? This we'll do morning? your question first, all right, and we'll do. I the... got a
0: few things as well on it too, so hopefully all right. we can discuss. Well, this. good. You <laughs> can just
1: answer the question. <laughs> no, I need your help too, brother. <laughs> and Hannah, as we go on, we need your help too. All right. So this is uh, actually from my brother Mike up our, up the road at the church. But uh, he, he's. I think last week he uh, got a pretty good question for us too, but. Each week he tells me he's got a question. I was like, well, give it to me. He's like, no, I want to wait till that morning. I was like, well, I was hoping I'd have all week to prepare for it, brother. (laughs) (laughs) No. So that's what he said this morning. He said to ask you guys. He said, I should be honest with you. I was born and raised Catholic for 20 years. To be honest, I never heard anything about the Holy Ghost being born again or being saved. Don't seem like they even talk about it at the church or at the school. My dad and two brothers have passed away, and I've never heard them say anything about being saved or born again. My question, how does a Catholic get to heaven? So, I mean, actually, me and Brother Aaron, we discussed this a little bit before before the program started. But I hope you're listening this morning, Brother Mike, and I hope that we can help you in this. But, I mean, the simplest thing for me to say, and I think Brother Aaron kind of said it too, was, hey, the same way everybody else does. You know I'm reminded about when I think about salvation Think about the plan of salvation Think about how when I'm out And talking about people about the Lord I often go to Romans You hear about Romans Road But there's I'm not going to read all them this morning But there is a couple of them that I do want to read And hopefully get some clarification For this question Because I mean you know oftentimes I do believe that Everywhere we go I've heard even my own pastor Brother Billy Talk about how he met somebody here several years ago that um, uh, went to Catholic Church and went went those places, but he said, but I, I speak in tongues and I talk to the Lord through the Holy Ghost all the time. He said, that's my prayer language. That's my prayer to Him. And I mean, to be honest with you, I've never heard many Catholics say that before, but I mean, if you're one to listen this morning, I mean, I just, I I, I go back to what my, my pastor, Brother Ron, used to say. He believes there are people within their that are sincere they're true they're committed they're faithful to the lord they know that jesus is their savior but then again you have some i believe just like in other churches as well sometimes the reason they're there or reason they go here go there go there is because they really don't feel a convicting of more or less satisfying what they can or cannot do or get away or not get away with Mm -hmm. so here's what i say often in romans Chapter ten in verses nine and ten. Here's what it says in Romans. It says there. Oh, let me. T- I like to get quote, quote. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart, God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All right. So that means you first. You got to confess. You got to believe. And you gotta live a life, okay? It's not about well, they they say that I no, but still yet at the end of the day, if you haven't confessed it, if you haven't been convicted of it, I'm reminded in John 6:44, I had that written down as well. Said no man can come to the Father except through me, by me. That's how you get there. If somebody's getting in any any other way, they're as same as a reprobate, okay? We cannot, you know, we cannot get in any other way other by jesus and we must confess with our mouth the lord jesus if you have not confessed him all right more or less the witness is not there i mean it's sad to say but Sister Hannah, we me and aaron was talking about this as well a few minutes it's amazing brother Aaron, how we come in here five ten minutes before to prepare for the thing and how many sometimes our conversation goes in that five minutes before the thing but we've preached funerals before we're not their judge. Thank the Lord I'm not their judge. But the witness wasn't there. I mean, I, I'm not here to patty cake around it, okay? The witness of their life was not there while I seen them. Now, does that mean that something may or may not have happened or transformed in them right before something happened? Hey, that's between them and Lord, and I pray that it did. But what I'm saying is the life as a whole, the witness as a Christian is not there. So, my, uh, brother, uh, Mike, he says, well, I never heard them say it. what well, did you hear them confess it? Did you see them live it? You see, and I would love to tell you that all my family, right at this particular moment, is going to heaven. I would love to tell you that, Hannah. But I believe that I would actually, I mean, as m- much as it, it hurts my heart to be able to have to look at somebody and say, everybody in my family right now, I don't think he's prepared to meet the Lord. And see, but I know I'm not their judge. And I know that's what a lot of people are gonna say this morning. And thank the Lord I'm not. But I'm just telling you, according. You say, well, how do you know that? Because you'll know them by the fruits that they'll bear.
3: Mm-hmm. It ain't,
1: I'm not here to say something that's not truth, okay? I'm here to point you to the word. And I'm here to show you, even in the same uh, chapter there, verse 13 and 14, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, those there shall be saved. How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Well, you say, well, I ain't heard them say it before. Have you told them about it? Mm-hmm. Have you expressed them about it? You say, well, I ain't heard this one say. Have you asked them about it? But, you know, I'm like Brother Mike, too. You think about your family as well, but sometimes why does it seem like your family is the hardest one to talk to about? I think one of the reasons it is for me, Brother Aaron, because some of them I don't see, but, like, once a year, you know, I actually see them. You know what I'm saying? And when I see them, I want to talk to them, just say, hey, how you been doing? Everything been going good, you know, whereas my, probably my focus is to be, hey, is everything... Between you and the Lord is it everything worked out, Mm -hmm. you know, so you want to ask me if they are you want to ask me Hey, how can I know if they are well? Their life is going to prove it their life is going to show it and we as believers are we confessing with our mouth on a daily basis? Lord, you are my Savior Lord You are my creator and I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord cuz of why because I want to be saved and, I mean, so I just, you know, I don't know if, Hannah, if you got anything else to say about that or not. But, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I mean, I don't know if it really answered the question. I feel as if it did. But, I mean, that question there, he asked because they was Catholic. He yeah. said, what well, about Catholic? And I want to say, well, what about, I go to a Pentecostal church, all right? What about a Pentecostal? What about a? What about a independent? You know what about a Methodist or Baptist? You know we all still get through the same way, Jesus. Jesus. Okay, so and
2: anyone who comes in any other way, what does it say? Is a thief thief and a a robber. robber.
1: Yep. Yeah. So
2: and so, I don't. I think we have gotten too caught up with labels and classifications and denominations, and I'm not saying. We've already talked about denominations before on here. I'm not saying that um, denominations themselves are completely evil. My opinion is I don't really know why we have them. Like, I understand having different churches that have different missions and different yeah. purposes. Right. And obviously we're going to have different churches because we can't be all be in one church building. Right. But as far as the divisions and the labels and the, the restrictions, I don't personally agree with. Some, some yeah. of them, right? Um, but I think that the verses that we used—it's not this verse applies to this Pentecostal and this verse applies to the Catholics. These verses in the Bible apply to all of us, yeah. Just like you, right. you were saying, so I think we just have to be careful not to zone in on certain denominations, and really, our prayer should just be, um, well, zone in. I mean, to think that no Catholics are going to heaven. We need to be careful to think that, you yeah, know, or right. to be careful to think that because of uh, if somebody associates with a denomination that that's their identity. And that's, that's the, not their identity. Right.
1: Or me being Pentecostal, me just thinking just Pentecostals yeah. are going. That'd yeah. be wrong of me. Then yeah. you got to question, Lord, you I probably wouldn't be going if that's all I thought of. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So. And
2: I was thinking of something earlier and then it started to slip from my mind, but you were talking about the fruits that we, the, the fruit will show. From yep. somebody's life. Um and it will show even like in someone in the Catholic Church, the fruit will show if they are set apart from the rest of the religion that <clears throat> is not biblical. Because there are certain denominations, certain branches of denominations that teach doctrines that aren't biblical. Right. And that aren't Jesus doctrines. Um, but the fruit will show and set people apart. And what reminded me me of that was something that i was thinking about the other day and um about how jesus our relationship with jesus is what the that fruit will come from so if we have fruit then that will prove that we do know jesus and that jesus knows us but the people who he said depart from me you workers of iniquity i never knew you even though they casted out demons they did all these works they did spiritual works in his name but they didn't have that knowing him And, and so I think the fruit is what is produced. I don't think that there's fruit produced if we don't know him. Now, I think there can be works produced, but I don't think there's spiritual everlasting fruit produced.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I've told this before behind the pulpit and I've preached this. I said, listen, if you're a Christian, you're not the only one that's going to know. If you're a Christian, you are not the only one that's going to know. Okay. Other people are going to know. All right. By what, by what you just did, the fruit, so yeah, what
0: about it, brother Aaron? Well, I think after the break, I don't know if I can we can That'd have time, time for, um <clears throat> I think it's important to say i can we have a lot of listeners in the morning, and yeah. some of them are Catholic listeners, yeah. and so I want to, after the break, show what we believe differently about salvation. Okay. And I do this a lot when I teach on Sunday right. mornings and stuff like that because some of it's necessary to understand proper doctrine to say what some other people believe. Um, so I think afterwards, I think we just need to show the differentiation yep. between what we believe and what per se a Catholic would believe, right. and why why we differ with Catholic theology in some areas yep. for sure. And
1: I, I want to say kind of this: I'm not belittling nobody. Okay, that's why I'm including. Not only he asked about them because they were raised in this way, Mm -hmm. you know, but he never heard them confess it. He never heard them talk about it. He never heard them talk about being born again. But then again, I've heard other Catholics before talk about their personal experience of how they had an intervention with Jesus, how Jesus come into their life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded sometimes about a preacher that said before, hey, listen, but there's more for you than just that. There's more for you. There's more for me than just having a car to get me into heaven. It ain't about having a car to get me into heaven. It's about having more of him in my life on a daily basis. There's so much more than being a Christian and just waiting to get to heaven. What we talked about earlier, we talked about ministry. We talked about ministers. We talked about how preachers do this. But then Brother Aaron said, hey, as a man of God, as a pastor over this house, if he's got to go down and he's got to... You know, clean this or do this or be somebody that uh, that is somebody that's a greeter that helps him walk in the door. Then that's what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, this ain't about how big we are, how little this one is, but this is about what we do as a body of Christ in believing and trusting in the Lord and knowing that He shed His blood for all of us, mm-hmm. knowing that He poured out His heart for all of us. Okay, yeah. that we should be what that we. May be saved Okay And those that believeth on him Should not perish I I go back to this I believe that one of the reasons That it should there Is because Just because you believe You shouldn't perish If you continue to believeth How do you continue to believeth You walk it out all right? And so that's why I believe it's very key For us to continue to believe And us to continue to walk it out And us to continue to confess And tell people about testimonies because you are not the only one that needs to know your own testimony there's so much more that goes into what Jesus has done for us and it's a part it's for us all to have this time right now that we are living in to let people understand and know who we are not just our church mm. no that's that's that none effect okay when, who we are in Jesus. Who are we? All right? Then if you want to talk about my church, hey, let's go for it. But still yet, yeah, the main goal is to point people to Jesus. All right.
0: All right. Well, we're going to take a break, um, read our trivia question. Again, we do not get an answer for that first one. Um, probably at the last, sometimes in the last 30 minutes of today's broadcast, well, right before it, we have Dr. McGrady McMurtry coming on at 830. Um, and he's going to come on be with us and talk a little creation science and Sounds stuff awesome. like that. Does a, he's he's such a knowledgeable man. Um, but we're going to get that drawing out today sometime because it's the two and a half week drawing that we, we pro long because of the sheriff we didn't want to, and we're not gonna be here next week. So, all right. After Elijah heard the still small voice, who did the Lord have him anoint as King of Israel? After Elijah heard the still small voice, who did the Lord have him anoint as King of Israel? Uh, it's, 270-257-2689. 270-257-2689. We will be right back here after the break on Mornings on Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty. We are back here after the break, and we have had quite a few calls on that break. Um, was,
1: a, was a question-related or yeah. trivia-related?
0: Uh they were um they were more trivia. I hear you. We talked a little question, but no, that's um, all right. <laughs> But trivia and um it's good questions though. Good good um good conversation. Uh Joe, Joey Sasha was the one who got it right. Jehu, Joey. Jehu, first Kings nineteen sixteen. And one of the things I'm gonna be teaching on tomorrow night with witchcraft, honestly, and people will say, well, What's he gonna teach on witchcraft? Um well, witchcraft is not taking a wand and casting spells it's bigger than that okay so we're going to talk about that but there is spell casting in the scripture like these are things that are very scriptural so we're going to unpack this and understand exactly what it is but there's one part in Jehu's story where Jehu is praying for peace and basically this is how the lord responds how can you have peace when you're still dealing with Jezebel's witchcraft and spells and and so you can't have peace if you're still accepting Jezebel's witchcraft if you're tolerating it. So um, that's one part in there. And there's a lot to that that's going to be unpacked. So um, by God's grace, <clears throat> unless we just have no voice in. Be like, Josh, I need you to come preach for me. Hurry! Uh, but you know, it's um. But there's gonna be some stuff to that tomorrow night. So
1: I've got three messages from Sunday, so we can we we'll pick one, sir. You <laughs> no, pick one of them? <laughs> no, I'm just we'll get you, I well, don't know why, but I just don't like doing that. Oh, let me go back in my notes. Let me get one of them. Yeah.
0: Mess- no, I, I. just. Well, you can preach the Sunday Sunday night service <laughs> tomorrow. So Wednesday night and practice. See, you, you get to practice it up?
1: A... Well, see, I am this coming Sunday morning. I'm gonna be at Irvington. Yeah, preaching up there. Is
0: It's so, a homecoming? It's not a homecoming, oh. all right. <laughs>
1: no, so I'll be at Irvington-Cumberland Presbyterian Church this coming Sunday. Yeah. So, hey, and one of the things that uh, my uncle that goes up there, my uncle and aunt, uh, Pete and Tammy, uh, they said, well, y- you may be able to go to our church and make it back for your church. He said, because well, they start at 9 o'clock our time. huh. And I was like, whoa, mm, you know I'm long-winded, right? they go what i said yeah i mean we start at 10 o'clock they said i know but what's our our service normally i was like yeah but you know i'm long-winded right yep so they may be (laughs) i might have scared them to death but oh well they'll be thinking about it you
0: know the sunday before last now i don't preach this long usually i used to preach 40 minutes and now i'm honestly probably around an hour yeah um But the Sunday before last, I didn't really realize how long I went, but I went every bit of an hour and 20, hour and 30. Wow. And I thought people were going to complain. But honestly, um, people said, honestly, a lot of people had no problem. And that was from across all generations. I think
1: you're getting a people that's hungry. Yeah. That just,
0: that's what they want. Yeah. And so um, now some people freak out, like, I'm not coming there. (laughs) But... um, even the you know actually i mean that was from every age group though yeah that was from the older age group to the middle age group to the younger age group yeah i didn't have one complaint about the length of the sermon so probably jason miller but (laughs) i'm just kidding even he was even he was okay with it that's awesome
1: and so well i'll be honest it's sunday night of course i feel as if saturday when we was camping i kind of sat down there in my camper and just had a time there for a little bit to study out for sunday and stuff like that and I don't know what, but to be honest with you, after you, I spoke on the radio, then spoke at church, and then I spoke that Sunday night. I was like, well, all right, Lord, I'm gonna, you know, there's like, and it's like, I got more uh, feedback from Sunday night service than the other ones. So I was like, <laughs> it, it worked out pretty good. So somebody texted me or called me, and said, man, I got a lot out of that. Mm-hmm. I said, awesome. well, I like to, um, I like to just relate the message of the gospel to things we do on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I like to uh, pick out like a, me and another guy work construction all over life. So I was talking about how we got st- things in construction field that cannot uh, kind of help us out in our walk with the Lord. So mm-hmm. it worked out.
0: Well, let's revisit this question because yes. Yes. I think we need to understand because a lot of people is just under persuasion that we would see the everything the same way as 'Cause Catholics are Christian church. We're a Christian church, so aren't you all the same? Right. Well, now I want to preface this to say that not every Catholic church is going to believe like I'm getting ready to say the Catholic church believes. Right. Because there's different there's different priests in different areas that preach different things. There's some priests that will preach spiritual gifts that other priests would never touch. And then there's some Catholic churches that are very traditional and only do Latin masses. But I'm I'm gonna teach more or less what the the catechism of the Catholic Church is, the systematic theology of it is what their what their main theology is. Now, as it trickles down to local branches, that's probably going to be a little bit different at times. So if you're in a Catholic Church, we don't believe nothing like that. Well, I'm doing a generalization of what the right. catechism of the Catholic Church would teach. Yeah, And so they teach what's called infusion. So initially, their regeneration or their born-again moment is baby baptism. It's pedal baptism And so when a baby is born, a baby is sprinkled at birth a few days after or at infancy, at least, that is the moment they're born again. Okay. And that's the moment of regeneration. So their their new life begins at baptism, at birth. And then as they grow up now, they're being taught what is called infusion infusion when it comes to righteousness is is basically saying it is Jesus' righteousness plus our righteousness. So there has to be an infusion of my works and his works. Right. And then that is how we remain saved. And so, um, for instance, when I take communion as a Catholic, I firmly believe, according to their catechism and their systematic theology and what they teach from the high up, high low, is that Jesus is literally re-crucified again. And so that wine and bread literally become the body of Christ. And I'm doing a work at that point. And so my work of baptism is is essential to be saved. Right. Um, my work of communion is essential to be saved. And I need it. My work of doing Hail Marys is essential to earn salvation, to earn repentance, to earn forgiveness. What my problem with all that is infusion is contradictory to the Scripture. Because Paul comes in there in Galatians, and he basically destroys all that. It's Jesus plus nothing. Yes. It's Jesus plus nothing. That's right. And he says if you try to add Jesus plus circumcision, it's it's not going to work. Ephesians 2 comes in there, and Paul says, I am not saved by works, lest any man shall boast. Now I'm saved again unto good works. So if I have faith and not works, I'm manifesting that my faith is dead because I'm not demonstrating it. But I'm not earning my faith by my works. So now at that point, it's not infusion because there's a problem with infusion is that your sinful nature is not destroyed. So now you are taking sin plus righteousness into heaven and that will never work. And that's what the law couldn't do. So in essence, you're trying to divert back to the law. And... The law could cover sin, but it can never eradicate sin. That's why Jesus had to come, because every year we was going back to the Day of Atonement. Well, Hebrew tells us that he's the once and for all sacrifice. So now I don't need to come back every year. I am... What he has done, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. He said, it is finished. There's nothing else I must accomplish. He never is crucified again. He is never the lamb taken to the slaughter again. He never needs to do another thing for me to walk out the victory that he's already accomplished. He has done his work. That's why he's seated at the right hand of the Father. That's a statement saying there's nothing else I need to do pertaining to salvation. I've accomplished it. But in fusion, there is always something done. Because... Now there's no sin that enters into heaven. So as much as I don't want to admit it, I still have sin. But the gospel: all things have passed away, and all things have become new. So now I am no longer sinful. I am actually a saint spiritually. I've been made clean. Now this flesh got some catching up to do. Right. But at the end of the day, the way Christ sees me, Paul tells us, it's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. How do we draw near by the blood of the Lamb? How am I made right? He who knew no sin became sin, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He who knew no sin became sin so that I may become the righteous of God. So the fact that we teach this, we teach imputation. And imputation, it's Martin Luther who originally taught this in the Protestant Reformation, but it's a biblical concept. My sin was imputed to him on the cross. So when he died, my sin died with him. That's it. Like, It's buried. It's done. It is nailed. It has been crucified, and then His righteousness has been imputed to us. It's a very biblical word. Yeah. So, I, if I if you're in front of me and you can see me, I do this illustration at church, and it's probably the most, the best illustration. I've, I didn't come up with it. I saw somebody else do it, but it, right. it's a good teaching. If Josh has a jacket on, that represents sin, and I'm going to play Jesus for a minute, and I have Jesus' righteousness. Infusion fusion says that it's just Jesus putting his jacket on top of you. But what's the problem? You still have your jacket of sin on. And what can I enter into heaven? Sin. So as much as you want to cover the sin, the sin's still there. But what the imputation says is that on the cross, he took your jacket, wrapped it around him, and nailed it and crucified it along with all the consequences of your sin, because that's what it means in the Scripture when he says propitiation. He has become the propitiator, or he has propitiation our sin. He has made propitiation for our sin. That word means he has satisfied the wrath. So the reason I will never taste wrath is my wrath has already been paid for. And the right. wrath that was I owed was paid for on the cross. So when he took my sin to the cross, it's done. That's what he took upon himself in the garden, is the sin of the world. He became sin at that moment. So when he became sin and he died, my sin died with him so that I may become the righteousness of God because now I'm clothed in his cloak of righteousness. It's his robe. Right. And so when he says he's made us white as snow, it's meaning that his white robe of righteousness because he's never sinned. His sinlessness is accounted unto me. And that's the only way I can ever be saved. Yep. That's imputation. Come on. So it's not about what I've done. It's not about what I'm doing or what I'll do. It's all about him. Yep. And I'll never get to heaven and say, be asked, why should you get in? If I look at him and say, because I've been good, I'm literally presenting menstrual rags that had been used according to Isaiah and say, accept this as my righteousness. Yeah. And he'll, our, we, we are unattainable in our righteousness enough to get to heaven. Come That's on. the whole good news of the gospel. But with the Catholic theology, it's an attainability through their works. And if you don't accomplish the works here, then you can accomplish them in purgatory. And purgatory is nowhere in the Scripture. It's only found in the book of the Maccabees. And the Maccabees is found in the book of the Apocrypha. And the Apocrypha is those middle books between the Old and New Testament. And that's why they keep it in their Scripture, because the Maccabean priests went in there after the battle and put coins under people's mouth to buy their way from hell into heaven. Yeah. And that's the only place that they can back up purgatory in. Come on. And so this is the difference, and this is the separation. Catholics do believe it's their works in the systematic theology. Now, you could talk to a Catholic on the street, and they're like, no, no, it's Jesus. But that's because somewhere they had a priest who taught them the right way. Yeah. But I also sat with a Catholic deacon one time and asked, well, what about reading the Scripture? And they said, well, we don't want our people to read the Bible because we want to teach it for them. Wow. And so there's a lot of danger out there. Yeah. Yeah. But we as Christians do not believe in infusion. We believe in imputation because it's not Christ's righteousness plus mine. It's Christ's righteousness plus nothing. Plus nothing. That's yep. the difference. I hope exactly. I explained that well.
1: No, I mean, you've you done it very yeah. well because I believe the uh, uh, what you said about plus nothing. I mean, you know, I believe every, there's too many people that want to do plus this or plus that. But knowing that it's actually just Jesus... Who does the work within inside of you? It's his Holy Ghost that does the work inside of you that causes you to understand that you need a Savior. And his name is Jesus. I'm thankful this morning that we can have discussions like this that will hopefully advance. I mean, actually, and it's kind of sad too, you know, yeah. because we know that everybody's not going. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, I I wish they would. But the thing about it is our lives, must reflect Jesus. And there's people that confess him today to be their savior. But their life still don't reflect it. And I mean it goes back to us sitting under an authority. That we can begin to learn and understand. And do more. I've I've told uh, even though our congregation at church sometimes. I said listen. If you're not growing here. If you're not advancing here. Find some place you can. Mm-hmm. Cause we need to be growing. If you feel as if, like, we're me as a minister, as an assistant pastor, that mattered, If I'm somebody that's not, uh, helping you to get closer to the Lord, therefore you may need to think, hey, where do I need to be at to do that then?
2: Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not here
1: to hold nobody back.
2: Cause it's between us and the Lord. That's right. It is our responsibility. Yep. To be growing.
1: Amen. Amen. And I tell people, we growing, then we going. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, we get it backwards sometimes. About back going, then we grow. No, we grow,
0: then we go. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway, but. all right. Can we move on? You'll be okay to move on to the next question. I'm good. I'm good. Yep. Um, this question came from uh, a listener. Uh, is it okay for people to remarry after divorce? First um, Corinthians seven eleven is the one they sent to me um 711 I love it. Um all right. <laughs> all right. Um now let's let's back up a little bit to 10 and um we have about 10 minutes to finish this. So I'm going to read it and then Josh is going to answer this question. Um Hannah and Josh got the rest of this question. Um yeah, you out, huh? I'm staying out of this one. <laughs> oh man. All right. And unto the married I command you not but the Lord let not the wife depart from her husband. But and if she depart um, If she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. Actually, can, Hannah, can you back up to verse 8 and read that from there? Because I think we need some context.
2: 1 Corinthians 8? So,
0: first, first Corinthians 7. 7? Yeah.
2: Verse 8. Verse 8. Okay. So I'm reading ESV. All right, let's see. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. To the married I give this charge. Oh, do you want me to keep reading? Or um, I just read that.
0: Yeah, uh that's okay. We can stop there. Um, so Paul's talking about some things here and He is talking about marriages. He's talking about um, fornication. He's talking about um, Paul. Paul did talk about this. It's better to marry than to burn. But he also, you know, I would rather you be like me because I think Paul was okay with singleness. Now, there's some scholars out there that believe Paul was married at one time. I have a hard time with that. I understand what they're saying because they say to be a part of the Sanhedrin most of the time you were married and Paul was a part of the Sanhedrin. I don't see anything in Scripture that gives me the, the clear call that Paul was married. Okay. And some people say, well, Paul was married, and this is why he's dealing with remarriage, because he never got remarried, and you should be like him. I think when he's saying you should be like me, in essence, he's saying that um, if you choose to re- remain unmarried, it does untether you down to do whatever. You can go wherever. You can go on any mission trip you want to. You can go travel the world. You don't... And when you do marry, there are certain things that become much more complicated about ministry because now it's two become one. And when you have children, it's even more. And so, like, um, I would love to be in Honduras with Todd. I'd love to go on that trip. I want to go in December. Um, we have churches right now that want us to come visit them in Africa and India and some other things. There some churches that, um, that we're associated with will contact me on Facebook, ask me to come preach, ask me to come teach over there. And, but also I understand in this stage of age and the stage of life I'm in right now, that's complicated. Yes. And I don't think I'm being disobedient to God's will. I think I'm being a father like, like I should be. Right. And so I think all that's hard to play out. But Paul said, if you don't have all that, you can just come, pre- come to any and preach. Okay. I'll be there tomorrow. Like, you know, it's, there's no thing to it. Right. Um And so I think there's some things there, but the question specifically on verse 11 is after we're divorced, should we remarry? And, Paul does deal with here and say unto the Mary, I command you not, let not the wife depart from her husband, but if and she, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to a husband and let not the husband put away his wife. All right. Um, I'm going to say some stuff here and okay. I'm, I love everybody, but if you're divorced for anything other than a biblical reason, I don't think you should be married remarried. And then I think it's even I think there has to be great prayer into even if somebody commits adultery, I think the heartbeat should still be reconciliation to your husband or your wife. Um my greatest fear right now with the covenant of marriage is um we treat it so lightly. And and we're letting people who's in leadership treat it so lightly. Yeah. Well,
1: you see that as well as about tr- getting a treat lightly is because the world has put out there, well, just uh, be together for a while, make sure you want to be married before you get married. No, that's not biblical either. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that has creeped into the church as well, saying it's okay for this to be with that one, that to be with that one, not to be married yet, but actually according to biblical, according to the Bible, no, you need to be married. If you're going to be together, you need to be married. If not, then just go for there. So, yeah.
0: Um, but I do think that I would I do think if there's biblical permissibility I think the conversation may change a little bit because in this one he's just talking about the married and unmarried and that he's not saying though he's just basically saying don't put away your wife or don't put away your husband because it was becoming very common and right now divorce in the church is just as rampant as outside the church but if you have an un, if you have an ungodly spouse or if you have um, a divorce caused by adultery or something like that. I don't know. I'm I'm walking in cautiousness because I'm not trying to put unneeded condemnation, but I'm also not wanting to give people permissibility to do whatever they want. Right. And so I, I think it's a very hard scripture. Um and I'm not trying to whittle out of it. It's a scripture I'm still praying into quite a bit. And right. Um I've been asked about this quite a bit. So, um let's see. This listener also said Matthew 5:32, Matthew 5:32. Um I'm looking. Um uh, <clears throat> All right, it hath been said, I'm a verse 31. It hath been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her, that is divorced, committeth adultery. Um, yeah, I would have to... See, there's some context there of saving for the cause of fornication. And um let me I'm gonna read this from the ESV. Um <clears throat> but I say to you whoever is divorced his wife except on the grounds of sexual immorality makes her committing adultery. But see, this is where I almost think that if adultery has been committed, because that would be sexual immorality, um makes her committed adultery and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So it almost looks like though, right here, it's the exception. Am I reading that wrong? Like that's how I've taken, and this is what I've been studying into it, except on the grounds of sexual morality. Um, and then that listener also said in Matthew nineteen nine. um, wish I had time to go to all these scripture. <laughs> well, I, of course, I mean, I
1: know we're trying to, we try to, uh, Answer these questions on the spot, but to be honest with you, I think it's almost impossible to answer them right on the spot. Yeah. Or, I—I I mean, Aaron, you do an amazing job with it. You really do. It—it it astounds me sometimes with what, with what you can do on the spot. But me myself, even though I've heard some of these things, but still yet, when I'm put on the spot, like right this moment,
0: I—I I, I just gotta have time. I really do. Here's where I usually stand on this issue. I think that the two un Equivably, biblically permissible reason for divorce is death, of course, because it's separation. And I'm not trying to be derogatory. It's just true. And there is no re- remarrying after death like for that person who's dead. Now, I do think that there's times in the Scripture where we see people who's getting remarried after their spouse has passed away. I think that's a different question um, because we do see where, in the Old Testament, it was actually commanded they do marry the brother or something like that. And Now, does that roll over and we think that if somebody passed away, you got to marry the brother. I, I want to be cautious on that too, because we're not under the law. But, um, but here though, I, f- for me, if I'm looking across the table and I'm just going to be biblical and scriptural about it, then I think that the only time there's an exception for being remarried after divorce is for adultery or sexual morality, because that is a biblical permissible reason for divorce. Okay. Um, I get a lot of hard questions on this and Um, One of the hardest questions, you know, sometimes runs into abuse and stuff like that. And I tell them, like, the first thing I look across the table, anybody, anytime that happens, is leave. You need to separate. Biblical separation is very, very much a real thing. And if you are in danger, you need to leave. You need to go find somewhere, find safety. You do not submit to a man who is beating you. Like, you just don't do it. I don't care who wants to shove submission down your throat. I don't care. You need to leave to separate yourself. Right. I'm not saying you go get a divorce tomorrow. All right? I'm saying that our, our prayers for healing, restoration, reconciliation, our prayers for ultimate, but nobody should put them in an unsafe predicament because of, quote, unquote, you need to submit. That's ludicrous. Um, but when we talk about biblical permissibility, permissibility for divorce, mm-hmm. um, It's adultery. And it's death, and there is a part in Corinthians that is arguable, and I hear a lot of scholars and a lot of theologians make an argument for it, is if you have an unbelieving spouse. And I I get it. So, But here Jesus is dealing with, if you marry somebody after divorce, except for the reason of adultery or sexual immorality, you are causing that spouse to commit adultery. Now, can God reconcile? Now, this is where it gets tricky. Because then you're saying, "Well, Aaron, are you saying that that person needs to divorce a new person and then go back to the old person that's a i don't I'm literally out of time, and we can deal with this question after the fall break some more on maybe I think at this point we get enough questions about it one day we just need to do a whole morning on marriage and divorce and remarriage, and we'll try to answer everything. give me some more time to study because Josh is right. I'm flying off the the you know, brain here I, Yep. Um, But we need to get Dr. Grady on here because I'm excited for him. Um, So we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back here after the break and have Dr. Grady, and we're going to ask him all kind of good science questions. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio. All right, we are back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. We have Dr. Grady on the phone with us, who's no stranger to the broadcast. He's with Creation Worldview, and we are so excited to have him on. Dr., how are you doing?
4: Well, I'm doing quite well, thank you. It's good to be back with you. It's
0: good to always have you back, and um, we always enjoy you being on. And I know we have uh, Brother Charles Bjork still on with us all the time, and he's one of your biggest fans. Um, and so, <laughs> um, but, Very kind of him. <laughs> so uh, how things have been going? Have you had any more trips lately?
4: Well, back in August I made a trip to Brazil and Bolivia. Mm-hmm. Um it was my 18th mission trip to Brazil over 20 years, but my first trip to Bolivia. And uh, when I got back, I've already spoken in western North Carolina, twice in middle Tennessee, and now I'm up in the northwest corner of Pennsylvania speaking at three churches. So I, I, I'm staying a little busy.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good, though, right? I think so. I, I love staying busy. Um, and I always got to ask you this, because I, I, you always have an interesting response to this. What's new in the creation science world right now?
4: Well, there's a lot of things that are new, and of course, I, I would hope that when you think about our ministry, Creation Worldview Ministries, um, we are stressing a Christian biblical worldview. Now, 95% of what we do is creation science. I mean, I'm a biblical scientific creationist. Uh, this is what the ministry is all about, showing how... Uh, science does prove the Bible is true, uh, but we're also talking about how your acceptance of creation or evolution affect your worldview,
3: mm-hmm.
4: how it affects the things in society, and so you must not forget, you know, that we're looking not only at the most recent developments. So, for instance, the the Webb satellite yep. uh, has done exactly what I said the Hubble satellite is doing, which is it's disproving evolution web has been seeing things that, uh, you know, contradict evolution. It has now, supposedly at least, uh, perhaps needs to be verified, but supposedly, has found the farthest object yet seen. Well, that means that the evolution system simply going to push the age of the universe back again. I mean, just a few years ago it was 13.7 billion. Uh, right now it's 13.82 billion. Uh, I prophesy that by sometime next year, they'll say it's uh, 14.1 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that evolutionary worldview um, is being taught in schools, and to the students that are, are learning it and learning it only, it's the root of things like, for instance, in Minneapolis not long ago, they had an art uh, center uh, do an event on demonic activity. Uh, and that that you know we shouldn't be afraid of demons. Uh, we just need to uh, communicate with them so we can have a better understanding of them. Now, that's how it. That we should communicate
0: created. with the demons.
4: Yes. Okay. That was an art center, and
0: you got me hooked. Keep going.
4: <laughs> and so, this is a strange dichotomy of of evolution is the foundation of atheism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's technical name Religiously is secular humanism And they're denying the existence of God Which technically they're saying We deny the existence of anything in the quote supernatural that is Anything that goes beyond nature They are supposed to be rationalistic Mechanistic uh, And yet Because of their, their view of evolution That there's no God uh, How did we get here? Well, of course there's all kinds of views on that And then it, it goes all the way around the circle, and now they're saying, "Well, yeah, there is a supernatural, but we deny it. But we need to better understand it, so we've got to communicate with it." I mean, you know, the the double-mindedness, as the Bible puts it, uh, you know, in James, um, is just immense. And mm-hmm. so what we're what we're doing is we're creating confusion. We're creating uh, tyrannical activity. We are creating by doing this uh basically anarchy Mm -hmm. i mean it's really the definition of anarchy so i would promote the idea that while we are making new discoveries i mean they they discover a new dinosaur here they discover a new galaxy there and so forth it's the implications to how people think in terms of god the bible societal issues and the more teaching of evolution, the more we're getting homicide, suicide, uh, euthanasia, abortion, of course, are thrown in there. And we have to take a look at the whole picture. It's not just what have we found in science, it's how it applies, and then how people twist it to, to build their worldview in such a way that they can live the life they want to live, even though it's irrational. I I would posit this. If you read the writings of Paul, and we'll just start with Romans and and go through the epistles, Paul makes an argument, I think, in general, that the world is insane. And we as Christians are psychological, religious doctors who are bringing people to Christ and therefore bringing them to, to sanity and i would again posit that christianity is the only rational reasonable logical and evidence-based faith in the world now having heard you a bit myself uh, not in person but on the radio i think you might agree with that Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: yeah now let me let's take it back because you 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 had you know we were talking a little bit about you know us communicating with the demons which is crazy um <laughs> Just learn about them.
4: Yeah, I don't think I want to, frankly.
0: (laughs) But this is one thing that I get quite a bit. And I try to teach, and uh, I try to be as informed as I possibly can and try to teach it as accurately as I can. But so in the beginning, when God created the heaven and the earth, it was void, right, and without form. So set us up here. When did Satan, when did Lucifer and his demons actually get cast down to the earth? Was it after it was created or before it was created, there was a void. There was a there was something, but it was chaos and void. That's how I see the Hebrew, but I could see it wrong. So I'm just kind of curious what you say.
4: Well, I would suggest to you that you know I I am not as concerned in a word for word translation as I am in interpretation by concepts. Okay. And um, frankly, I would say any good creation scientist would tell you. That it, when you take a look, and the Earth was, first of all, it's a state of being at the time of its creation. Mm-hmm. That's verse 2. And it was. And then you have a few different translations that you could use, you know, formless and void, formless and empty, etc. Yeah. But, you know, evolutionists, and I used to teach evolution, our masters at what's called the word meaning switch. Meaning that evolutionists use words in ways they were never intended to mean and never defined. Uh-huh. But we as Christians answer to a higher authority. Therefore, if we do ever substitute words, they must be equal to get a better understanding. Okay. Now, when it says formless, what could we substitute there that would be equal for a better understanding? Well, formless, we could also say it's without form, or we could say it's unformed. Mm. And when you have void or empty... That word could also be void, empty, vacuum. It could also mean unfilled. Because a vacuum or unfilled is, is a good way of putting it. There's nothing there to start with, but now you're going to fill it, right? Mm-hmm. And really, really, the best Hebrew interpretation of that is, and the earth was unformed and unfilled. And over six days, God, like a potter with a lump of clay, the first three days he finishes the forming. And the second three days he finishes the filling. So that's a much better conceptual understanding of what's being said there. And so, um, there, you know, there are no punctuation marks in the original languages of, of the Bible. Yeah. And the first word of the Bible is Bereshit in Hebrew. And it means at the beginning. At the beginning. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because the word Elohim is a a uniplural word, one God, three relationships. And he created them space and mass. There's no period at the end of that sentence because it continues to the end of verse 2, and the earth was. So at the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was, unformed and unfilled. Wow, yeah. And then God will finish the forming, like a potter, and then he will finish the filling. Now, on day six, it was not only good, it was very good. Day seven, the what we talked about is the day of the rest. Now, God wasn't tired. He did that as a template for our lives, and you can look at that when you say, go to, well, Exodus 20. In the middle of the giving of ten commandments, God stops and he says, you shall work six days and rest one because I did. That's a template, not because he was tired.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: now when did satan fall well if you take a look in ezekiel it says that god created satan perfect he did but iniquity was found in him later mm-hmm. Proud. and the rebellion the rebellion of satan is recorded for us in isaiah that's right you know, the, the conversation of his rebellion against god but as ezekiel tells us that he was the covering cherub uh that he may, he may have been involved with the leading of worship. Uh, that's certainly plausible from the text. But regardless of which, he is above the throne of God. And he's watching God create for six days and rest on the seventh. Now at the end of the creation, Satan in heaven, then he says, I am going to do the same thing. And so he lists, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And God looks at him and said, no, you're not. <laughs> Instead, you're going to do this, this, and this. And he casts him out of heaven. So Satan falls. Now, that's immediately after the creation of week. He's a created creature. He is created on on day one. You will think about it. Before day one, before the at the beginning, there was no time, space. There was no material universe. It's simply god father son and holy spirit the first thing god does he's creating on day one now we think you know at the beginning father son and holy spirit create the space and the earth and that's absolutely true and there are three heavens recognized in the christian bible on day three he'll call the earth surface heaven on earth in a perfect creation but the second heaven, Revelation 14, 6 and 7, the third heaven, the apostle talks about going to God's heaven. But also, uh, what else could we say? There's an alternative rendering we might use. At the beginning, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, created the natural and the supernatural. Because when it says heavens, well, that includes the second, third heaven, and therefore it's not only space as we normally think of it but it can also include the supernatural angels are created beings they're created on day one Satan watches the week of creation he then rebels at the end of that week now I cannot tell you perfectly with absolute knowledge whether Satan fell on day 8, nine, ten, but it is immediately after the creation week he cannot fall before that um, again, when it's very good, then he can't possibly be there. <laughs> so, I do know that he falls within the first few days after the creation week, simply because God created Adam and Eve to do two things. To, to have fellowship with God and worship him voluntarily, where he can tell the angels to worship him. So God wanted something made in his image that would worship him voluntarily for who he is, not what he does for us. Secondly, he created Adam and Eve to populate the earth, to reproduce. And in a perfect creation, you know, if there's no sin whatsoever, they're going to fulfill that that order, that commandment, perfectly and immediately. That means that the first conception would occur within roughly two weeks after the creation week. But that cannot possibly happen, because if that were to happen, would have a a baby conceived in a sinless state and no baby no baby can be conceived in a sinless state except jesus and so satan has to fall shortly after creation in order to then deceive them and that they would fall so that prior to the first conception we would already have the adamic nature does that kind of help you with your chronology
0: yeah well i'm um... I'm still working through all this, and so you're, you're making me think about stuff that I haven't. But um, there's there's one part in Job, though, and he's, it's in Job 38, verse 4, where he says, Where, where were you, I'm going to read from the ESV, when I laid the foundation of the earth? And then he goes on, tell me if you have understanding, you know, who stretched the line upon it, basis sunk. But then he said, and this is still looting. where were you when I built the first... He said, when the morning stars, which translates to angels, sing together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And to me, it's looking like the angels are there when the earth is being laid.
4: Well, but again, that's still day one.
0: So you would think... So... My, me and you need to talk off there. I'll have a lot of questions, and <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of answers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, these are these are things that I, I've been I look no, into and I teach quite a bit. Indeed.
4: So, so but when God on day one okay. creates the heaven, heavens, it's shamayim, it's plural. Mm-hmm. The heavens, and again, there's three of them. Um, that includes the supernatural. Angels are created on day one, therefore they are there on the, found, the first foundation day. And they are there through the creation week, and since Satan has not yet, you know, rebelled, and he has not led one third of the angels with him out of heaven, that occurs immediately. Now, again, I say day eight, day nine, day ten. I can't say for sure. My personal opinion is day eight, but but it's after the creation week. But they are created on day one. Therefore, that perfectly fits with the description in Job 38
0: Mm-hmm. So, would you? <clears throat> so do you differentiate the beginning in verse 1 As the beginning of all things And then day 1 on the earth creation is different Or do you think the light was created on the day in the beginning
4: Well first of all Light is not uh, created until verse 3
0: Yeah exactly but that's,
4: the end, but that's at the end of day 1 Okay And, and the light that's created there uh, People tend to think Well wait a minute The sun, moon, and stars weren't created day 4 but the first three days, we have light.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: God commands light. Verse 3 is not let there be light. Verse 3 is light be, light light come into existence. God is the light giver. Jesus is the light of the world. God's throne is surrounded by light, correct? Mm-hmm. And God, God in his sovereignty can simply command light to come into existence. And it's very important that light is, is created at the end here. Because, uh, going back to verse 2 In verse 2, and and I I tell people If you don't have a basic understanding of agriculture You can't really understand 90% of the metaphors in the Bible The Bible is written to an agricultural people in an agrarian language Now in verse 2, when it says that it was unformed and unfilled And there was water on the surface And then the Holy Spirit of God is moving over the surface of the waters that word is an agricultural term it's how a chicken broods an egg and so how does a chicken brood an egg Well, she lays the egg she creates the egg and then she warms it on one side for a while and then she reaches down and she rotates it and then she warms that side for a while and then she rotates it again correct Mm-hmm. and she, she's incubating the egg and she's energizing the systems and a fertilized egg that is warmed on one side only and never rotated will not develop this is where god the holy spirit Starts the rotation of the Earth in darkness. And verse one and verse two are in darkness. It's the absence of light because God has not yet created light. In verse three.
0: Yeah. So it's a very so you, important concept. Would you say verse one to three is twenty-four hours? Then. Yes, sir. So, so you would hold to the, that's. Yeah, I'm a t- I'm a young
4: I'm Earth a, creationist, and I, I do too. I do too. Uh, a, a six thousand year old creation, yeah, and six literal days, and and that light coming into existence is very important. So, after the Earth is already rotating, yeah. I'm actually because this is day one.
0: I'm actually with you on young Earth. I used to be long Earth, but now I'm young Earth after studying and you know seeing it. But I almost see in I see it like the way I'm seeing it, and this is what I would love to unpack a little bit more because I know we only got like one minute. As in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I think that's the beginning beginning, like the beginning of all things. But I don't know if I flow like with it being the same day that he created light.
4: Well, you have to, first of all, because, again, the first verses there are written in continuous Hebrew narrative, mm-hmm. which means it's literal history. And the first period doesn't come until the end of verse 2, and then the second sentence is God commands like, into existence and there was one day now the word yam can be used in ways other than a 24 hour day but it always means a specific time not a nebulous time and so the two sentences describe what God does on day one and then the second day is described with his creation of the waters above and below and on the third day that the, the firmament rises up out of the ocean, creating the
0: dry land. Yeah. Well, you got my wheels turning, so I'm, I'm trying to think here. Um,
4: I, I have a gift of getting people to think.
0: Yeah. Um, we're going to have to get you back on soon, and we're going to have to talk some more sure. on this um, okay. because I'm enjoying this. I, I like to think. Um, I love to be stretched. So I'm, I'm working, I'm tracking with you, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. So um, we always appreciate you very much, and I appreciate the thinking. So uh, we're going to have to talk soon because I'm wanna. i going to try to work right. this out.
4: And we invite people to come to creationworldview.org and make availability to our free resources or materials, either one.
0: All right. Again, that is, say that website one more time for the people.
4: Creationworldview, V-I-E-W, dot
0: All right. Well, Dr. Grady, thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to stretch my brain um it needs a good stretching every morning and we appreciate you and we're going to get you back on soon because we're going to f- we want to ask some more questions on this great thank you so much thank you have a blessed all right. day. Bless day all right. righty well we're gonna I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna look at that i <laughs> i'm not for sure I, does he
1: ever come around uh i mean of course a lot of things going on right here, but does he ever come around the kentucky area he or? would he, would. he we, would we've talked about that before yeah, so. um and so, because I think that's a, intriguing for a lot of people, really, some yeah. of those questions that really that um, he could probably go in pretty deep about why he believes this yep. or why he thinks this or something.
0: So, See, I've I I believe the days are twenty four hour periods. Okay, of creation, I really right. do. I'm not a gap theorist. I believe it's day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. Yeah, I don't think God's bound to time, but I think He did time for our sake. Right, and in eternity, there will be no time. So there's no 24-7 Algorian calendar in heaven. Like it's just a day is a thousand years, of, yeah. a thousand years is a day. So right. there's no con- conceptualization of time in heaven. But here he did it for us. But I've always seen that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And then, I be- then I've always seen it as then there was a progression that he has been there and the angels were there. And right. then they rebelled and then they got cast down. But he makes a very hard argument that I can't think. You you give me a lot more credit than I deserve. I'm thinking on the go, Josh. So no, I uh, mean really, I mean for uh, real, man. Cause, um, I mean, I'm
1: trying to reconcile. I can only imagine, really, if let's say that I was the one in your shoes right now, okay? As far as preparing, actually being the leader of this program, okay? There's no telling. I, I mean, one day, hey, if I do that, if I have to do something like that. There ain't no telling how much time I would need probably the day before to prepare for myself to be ready and available. Because sometimes I feel as if, Brother Aaron, hey, this ain't against me, you, Sister Anna, or you, Brother Aaron. But sometimes I feel as if when we answer questions on the fly, just as I got a text while ago, to be honest with you. And it's like, okay, you're going to have to help me out a whole lot here because it seems like I'm more confused now than I was when I started listening. Yeah. But, I mean, that's fine. We'll work through it. We'll yep. get through it. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it's we're trying to advance the kingdom of God, help people grow, and glorify Him.
0: Yeah, so. but there's no other way to really um, do other than live questions like, because if a question comes in, we don't want to say, we'll do it next week. Yeah. Because um, then you're going to get a pile up and not be able to answer them. Okay. Uh, we are going to do a whole morning on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Okay. We are going to do right. that. It'll be after the fall break because okay. tomorrow starts the Arathon. But i got to push this button because we got to yeah. do the drawing for this book package right push before. Push the
1: button, and I'm going to be announcing. Don't forget about the fall Arathon. starts tomorrow, 7 a.m., 7 a.m.
0: So. All righty. All right. Uh, Miss Joanna Dow got it correct alright she won it so congratulations Miss Joanna Dow we will get that book package to you um, sometimes later this week we'll try to get it sent out to you so um, if we could get a address or something maybe call the station and let us know the address we'll yep. ship that out to you or something in that regard so what a great morning uh, for those who may uh, if we did confuse anybody else on the, the marriage and remarriage that's a hard one um, we're gonna do a whole morning on that, okay because we did answer a very difficult situation in probably six minutes and we had to go because Dr. Grady was on the phone. Yeah. Um, so we didn't get anywhere that we should have. but we're out of time too here, so I can't it's keep right. going. Here we go. Um, but we are gonna come back to that after fall break and we'll do a whole morning. Um, that morning I'm sick. And so Hannah will be leading the discussion (laughs) and um, Hannah's got that morning. So she's going to study up all during fall break and then her anniversary trip. She's going to study about it um, and she'll come back fully prepared to teach us all things pertaining to marriage. Divorce divorce, and then remarriage. (laughs) Amen. Well, I
2: mean, I can commit to it.
0: (laughs) No, Um, We'll do this together and um, we'll see what happens. We love you guys. Don't forget 7 a.m. Central. Two thousand twenty three Fall Sharathon tomorrow morning. Love you guys. We'll be back tomorrow here at seven o'clock AM with the two thousand twenty-three Fall Sharathon gathering the harvest.